RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. The Sinovac jab gets the official go-ahead with vaccinations likely to begin within days. Leisure facilities reopen with new safety rules in place, but customers are still reluctant to use the government tracing app. And British reports say almost 5,000 BNO passport holders have already applied for UK visas. The government has approved the mainland-made Sinovac COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use in Hong Kong. The first batch of a million doses is expected tomorrow. Francis Sitt reports. The Secretary for Health Sophia Chen called it necessary and of public interest to approve the vaccine after considering expert opinion and public health risks posed by the coronavirus. An expert panel recommended the jab on Tuesday, giving it an efficacy rate of over 60% if two doses were given 28 days apart. Authorities were criticized for recommending it, as it hasn't yet been approved by the World Health Organization. Meanwhile, government-appointed experts are expected to meet tomorrow to review data on its effect on the elderly. The Chinese University professor David Ho said phase three trials involved 600 elderly, which was half of what was planned, so experts needed to review the data before making a recommendation. The Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nip and Health Secretary Sophia Chan will hold a press conference this afternoon to announce details of the vaccination programme. But ahead of that, a doctor from a group that will help run an inoculation centre in Wan Chai told RTHK he expects the programme to get underway next week. Dr David Lam from Medical Conscience also explained how the centres will work. They'll probably start working by the end of February and in phases. So initially there will just be a few centres starting to run and then over about a month's time other centres will join in. So when people want to book for vaccination, the first thing they do is to do the booking online. They book not only the first vaccination but also the second dose. Now, when they arrive at the vaccination centre, they first go to the reception and then they receive a leaflet explaining the pros and cons and the details of the vaccine. Then they go to a waiting area where they will watch a video and read the materials. And if they have any questions, they can ask doctors and nurses on site. And Dr Lam says the inoculation is safe. People may not appear that enthusiastic, but eventually everyone knows, or most of us knows, this is one very important weapon to fight the virus. So I really hope people will gradually accept it and, and go for it. I know there are some news which is quite negative about the complications of various vaccines, but if you look at the numbers, the numbers are really very, very low. So most of these vaccines are very, very safe. Gyms, beauty salons, cinemas and other leisure venues have reopened after the government relaxed social distancing rules from today. These premises, as well as restaurants, are required to note down people's details for contact tracing, either on a form or by using the government's Leave Home Safe app. But it seems some people are unaware of the rule or unwilling to use the app. It's not just about that, you know, extra move that you do, like writing a paper or sending, uh, scanning the QR code. It's the privacy, it's the information that I don't want to share. That is hindering me from, you know, following the protocols of the government because it's all stupid. I think the registration is fine. I like the fact that the restaurant actually has the, the other option where I don't have to scan the QR code because I don't have the app. I don't plan to download the app also. I mean, it's obviously it's a new rule, so I think probably better education and information and communication is required. 
The High Court is hearing a fresh bail application from media tycoon Jimmy Lai, who's accused of colluding with foreign forces under the Beijing-imposed national security law. The judge designated here the application, Anthea Pang, decided not to lift reporting restrictions, citing concerns that doing so may affect the integrity of the trial. Mr Lai, who founded the pro-democracy Apple Daily newspaper, was remanded in custody after the Court of Final Appeal upheld the government challenge to a lower court's decision to grant him bail. According to The Times newspaper, nearly 5,000 Hong Kong residents have applied for visas to live, work and study in the United Kingdom under a new pathway for citizenship for BNO passport holders. Mike Weeks reports. Government sources told the UK newspaper that about half of the 5,000 applications received were from Hong Kong people already in Britain, who'd been offered temporary settlement while awaiting the visa change. The UK changed its visa programme in late January, allowing Hong Kong residents who hold a British national overseas passport to live there for five years and eventually apply for citizenship. That came after Beijing imposed a national security law in Hong Kong last year. Beijing and Hong Kong have said they will no longer recognise the BNO passport as a valid travel document from January the 31st. The BNO status was created by Britain in 1987, specifically for Hong Kong residents. The director of broadcasting, Lin Ka-wing, has reiterated that it was his decision to scrap RTHK's relay of the BBC World Service and the weekly Chinese-language BBC programme. He told a meeting of senior staff that he made the move on Friday after the mainland regulator announced that BBC World News is not allowed to continue its service within Chinese territory. Mr Leung said Hong Kong is part of China and RTHK is a government department and the decision had nothing to do with news operations. Speaking earlier, a former head of RTHK's board of advisors, Eugene Chan, said Mr Leung should further explain the decision. I've always asked Director Broadcasting to come and meet the public and to show his desire to make Hong LTHK a much better public broadcaster. Mm. We had seven complaints in the last two years, but during my term there were like four. And I mean, their public outcry to want to be the director, and I think the director should come up. I agree totally, because he is the person running LTHK, and I think we all want to hear from him. Overseas, Facebook has announced it'll block Australian users from sharing or viewing news in a dispute over a proposed social media law. Some users say posts sharing content from certain news sites have already been stopped. The planned law would force the tech giants, Google and Facebook, to strike deals with media companies in Australia or pay fees for content shared on their platforms. Google had threatened to shut down its search engine, but has signed a deal with one of the world's biggest newspaper owners, News Corp. Paul Fletcher is Australia's communications minister. The principle is very clear. Google and Facebook are important parts of the digital ecosystem in Australia. They're important parts of the economy. We've made it clear uh, that we want them to continue operating here. But we've also made it clear that if you do business in Australia, you need to comply with the law of land Australia. The US authorities have charged three North Koreans with conspiring to steal more than a billion US dollars in cash and cryptocurrency from banks and businesses worldwide. A US Justice Department indictment described the three intelligence agents as the world's leading bank robbers. A spokesman for the US State Department, Ned Price, said the threat of cyber attacks was ongoing. 
North Korea's malicious cyber activities threaten the United States. They threaten our allies and partners in other countries around the world. Um, we know that North Korea poses a significant cyber threat to financial institutions. It remains a cyber espionage threat. It retains the ability to conduct uh, disruptive cyber attacks. Conditions are continuing to deteriorate for millions of people in the U.S. state of Texas who spent three days without power in unusually low winter temperatures. Some residents have been burning their furniture to stay warm. Refrigerated food is starting to spoil, forcing residents to leave their homes in search of non-perishable supplies. The U.S. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said the Federal Emergency Management Agency had responded well. It has supplied 60 generators to hospitals, water facilities and uh, other operations. It has provided blankets, water, meals uh, for the state to distribute and of course our president has approved an emergency declaration for uh, the state. Amnesty International has accused the Sri Lankan authorities of stifling dissent and obstructing efforts to achieve justice for victims of crimes committed during the 30-year civil war. Here's the BBC's Ambaras Natarajan. Amnesty International has urged the Sri Lankan government to drop all charges against human rights defenders, journalists and political opponents unless there is credible evidence of wrongdoing. The report also lists threats to rights groups working with the families of those who disappeared during the civil war. It comes a week before the UN Human Rights Council is expected to discuss claims that Sri Lanka is obstructing investigations into the conflict. The Sri Lankan government has denied the latest allegations, saying foreign powers are conspiring to destabilize the country. Protesters have clashed with police for a second night in Catalonia during demonstrations in support of a jailed Catalan communist rapper. Here's the BBC's Emily Haller. The case has reignited a debate in Spain about free speech. Pablo Hassel was arrested on Tuesday and faces nine months in prison, accused of glorifying terrorism and slandering the crown in his lyrics and online posts. His supporters are demanding his release, saying Spain's controversial 2015 security law is limiting freedom of expression. The Catalonian regional police say at least 29 people were detained across four cities in Wednesday's clashes. In Madrid, the demonstrations started peacefully, but after bottles and stones were thrown at riot police, they used tear gas, rubber bullets and sound bombs. The highly influential American talk radio host Rich Limbaugh has died. He was 70 and had been suffering from cancer. A combative conservative, critics frequently accuse Mr Limbaugh of racism, sexism and homophobia. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. Here is Rush Limbaugh. As you know, my friends, we count the days of the raw deal. That's what we call the Clinton administration. It's all Rush Limbaugh was one of the most influential Americans of the past 50 years not to become president. A pioneer of right-wing talk radio. One of the most significant and powerful figures in the modern-day conservative movement. Speaking from behind his golden microphone in a stridently conservative voice that quickly drew an adoring crowd of listeners. He was also influential in the rise of Donald Trump, partly because he took the New York tycoon's candidacy seriously when much of the media cast him as a fringe figure with no hope of winning the presidency. Financial news now. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 37.05. That's 363 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading at 105.83 yen. The euro is at 1 US dollar 20 cents. And the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 73 cents. Sport now, here's Damon Pang. 
Thank you. And we start with tennis. Japan's Naomi Osaka is into the Australian Open singles final after defeating Serena Williams in straight sets. The Japanese won 6-3-6-4 for her 20th consecutive victory. The 39-year-old Williams was seeking a record-tying 24th Grand Slam singles title. Osaka will play the winner of Jennifer Brady and Karolina Mukova, who upset world number one Ash Barty for the semi-final spot. Football and in the UEFA Champions League, FC Porto stunned Juventus 2-1 in the first leg of their round of 16 clash. The Portuguese champions' goals came in the early minutes of each half. With the details, here's the BBC's John Bennett. An exceptional performance by the Portuguese champions who got the perfect start. Medi Tarimi pounced on a Rodrigo Bentancur back pass to score after just 61 seconds. And one minute into the second half, Musa Morega made it 2-0 from close range. But with eight minutes to go, Federico Chiesa scored what could be a crucial away goal. Late on, Cristiano Ronaldo had a big shout for a penalty, waved away. Also in the Champions League, Borussia Dortmund held on to a 3-2 away win against Sevilla, thanks in part to a first-half double from Erling Haaland. The German side conceded a goal first, but led 3-1 at half-time. The first of Haaland's goal, a lovely 1-2 with Jadon Sancho. Luke de Jong helped Sevilla claw one back late, but their nine-match winning streak came to an end. The second legs of the two ties are scheduled to be played in three weeks. Premier League leaders Manchester City go 10 points clear after a 3-1 win at Everton, extending their record of 17 victories in a row in all competitions. Second-half goals from Riyad Mahrez and Bernardo Silva were the difference after Richarlison cancelled Phil Foden's opener. The goal was only the second one Man City conceded in nine league games. Here's their boss, Pep Guardiola. A real tough game, so incredible, well-organised they are and uh, we had an enough patience to, to, to attack them so we concede few counter-attacks uh, we concede one goal and no more than that and yeah, well deserved Meanwhile, Burnley drew one all against Fulham Ashley Barnes scored the equaliser minutes after Ola Ina's opener Fulham have lost just four times in the past 15 games but they now only have 19 points from 24 matches six points from safety In baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr. has agreed to a 14-year deal that will keep the electrifying shortstop with the San Diego Padres until he's 35 years old. That's according to multiple media reports from the U.S. The contract is reportedly worth 340 million U.S. dollars. The 22-year-old Tatis has blossomed into a superstar in less than two full seasons with the Padres, helping them end a 13-year payoff drought last year and win a wild card series against St. Louis. And that's your sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. The Sinovac jab gets the official go-ahead, with vaccinations likely to begin within days. Leisure facilities reopen with new safety rules in place, but customers are still reluctant to use a government tracing app, and British reports say almost 5,000 BNO passport holders have already applied for UK visas. The news from RTHK. The Financial Secretary will deliver the government's 2021-22 budget on February 24th. The budget speech will be published simultaneously on the website budget.gov.hk. Copies of a highlights leaflet will be available at the Home Affairs Inquiry Centers, selected government office buildings and other locations that afternoon. An electronic version of the leaflet will also be available. The public are encouraged to access the information online. No matter how fit we are, it is important to get vaccinated to prevent COVID-19. 
All along, we have received different vaccines to prevent infections. Vaccines will help create antibodies and memory in our immune system. When we come into contact with viruses in future, our immune system will quickly resist them. It is the simplest and most effective method to protect ourselves and others. Let's get vaccinated.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 18th of February is today's date. Many thanks uh, to the birthday boy, Phil Whelan, for this morning's Morning Brew. And we sure have a busy show for you. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be hearing about an upcoming play called The Intervention with the director, Davina Cook, along with 